0: I think this process works well, the QA process, when it's not just the way the designer wants to do it or just the way the engineer wants to do it, but it's when you kind of figure it out together a way that works. Welcome to Design Life, a show about
1: design and side projects for motivated creatives. I am one of your hosts, Charlie. I am your other host Femke and in this episode today we're going to talk about the QA process in design and essentially what we mean by that there's a lot of different terms that people use but we're going to talk about this in the context of basically reviewing the build so you've designed something you've handed it off to the engineering team they've been working on implementing it and now you are going to sort of take some time to review what they've implemented check that it matches the design at uber we call this the qa process which essentially stands for quality assurance and so we're going to dive a bit into that we previously have done an episode about handing off design and so now we want to talk about that next step where it comes to actually checking the implementation and making sure that everything is good to go for your launch date but before we get into it charlie how have you been lately I've been all right,
0: I think it's an accurate way to describe it. I don't know, just this roller coaster that I think we've talked about before since the whole quarantine started. Um, But this week has been a good week so far. I feel like I'm getting a lot done. I feel excited about my work. I feel really excited about my side hustles. I'm getting near the end stages of working on this font that I've been creating for a long time, but is finally I hope gonna be launching this month, like probably right at the end, but Ooh. yeah, it's it feels exciting to be, have made something, you know? It's my first digital product that people are gonna be able to purchase and download and, you know, use the font in their projects, so... That's really exciting and I'm looking forward to getting it out there and, and seeing what people think because, like I said, I've never done this before. So
1: I've loved seeing your behind the scenes of that, by the way, like how you've been sort of sharing your progress. Cool. It has been really, really cool to kind of watch from the sidelines.
0: Oh, thanks. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do a video when it's all out there as well about you know, more in detail about the process and how I created it and some decisions I made, that sort of thing. So yeah, I'm looking looking forward to doing that. That's my been my weekends lately has just been working on the font.
1: <laughs> hmm hmm It's nice to have distractions like that though, I feel. Yeah, it is. So that's nice that you have something like that going on. How about you? How's things been for you? Yeah, honestly, okay. Not amazing and not terrible but just okay. We're actually launching the product that I've been working on for the last six months uh, next week so that is something to look forward to. We started it back in I guess like October, November we started working on this new project as a team so it's kind of exciting to finally now be at the finish line and actually be launching it. Yesterday we actually did like a team bug bash where we all sort of logged into the product and like thrashed it and like tried to see where things would break or where flows didn't quite work properly so we're getting very very close and I'm very excited but other than work honestly have not been doing much going less and less outside still playing a bit of animal crossing (laughs) cooking food and that is pretty much it to be honest not a lot going on over here
0: I mean, that's probably as much as you can be doing right now, yep. you know? So, yep, we got to cut ourselves some slack on that. It's interesting that you and your team all like do a bug bash. That's such a great word for it as well, by the way. Yeah. But yeah, getting everyone involved. Can we just like switch into today's topic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right off the bat. Do you have, because you call it QAing at Uber. Mm-hmm. Do you have a QA team who check the functionality of products and things like that? Or is it kind of on the project team to be doing that?
1: We do not have dedicated QA engineers. And I know that some companies do have this.
0: I feel slightly surprised that the size of Uber right?
1: don't have <laughs> QA engineers. Yeah. You're not the only one surprised. I've been surprised about this as well. And I've I've talked to engineers at Uber in the past who also have been surprised that this is not like a dedicated resource that we have. So I, I don't know why. I don't know what the strategy behind that is. But basically doing the QA process falls on I guess the, the the team so like we do these bug bashes and we all get together as a team it's not just the engineers it's also the designers we also have the managers in there uh, people from other like cross-functional disciplines everyone kind of takes part in checking and and doing this QA process. However, when it comes to like actual UI and visual implementation, that definitely is on the the designer to kind of check that everything's pixel perfect. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. That's really interesting to me because it's kind of similar to, I mean, definitely on the marketing site side, it's me doing the QA and sometimes we'll rope in the rest of the marketing team as well to click around to, you know, the pages of the site that perhaps they go to most often or that they sort of take care of um, and check things. On our product side, we do have someone who's a contractor who does QA for us on the engineering side. But um, for the design stuff, it's like you said, it's on the designers too.
1: Yeah. So what does that process look like for you at at ConvertKit?
0: So I'll speak to the marketing site side because honestly, I don't know how they do things on the product side. I just know that there is a QA person. So I thought I'd bring that up. So how it works for me and Corey and our little site squad team of two is he will let me know when he's ready for my eyes on something, you know? I always encourage him, like, don't worry about sharing it with me until you're ready for feedback, you know? Because there's no point in me taking a look and being like, oh, this is wrong. And he's like, yeah, I know. I haven't worked on that yet. (laughs) Right. But I do like to take a look early in the process, like before it's technically finished, I get in and take a look at it and he'll note anything that... Um, perhaps isn't ready to be worked on. So he'll be like, right, I haven't done the header section yet, but here's the page for you to like, look over the rest of it. I go through the page comparing it to my design, but I know, since I know my design really well, honestly, I'm just really looking at the page and seeing what feels right or wrong to me. I, I take a full page screenshot of the page because it's usually just one page I'm QAing, right, in, in my role. I'm using the, what is it, Full full Page Screenshot? I'm pretty sure is the name of the plugin (laughs) that I have in Chrome. I upload that to Envision, and uh, a lot of people have asked me why I don't use Figma, but I just prefer Envision's commenting system. So I I add it to Envision, and then I leave comments for Corey at wherever there's changes that need to be made, and he can then work through those, kind of like a to-do list, and resolve Uh the comments when they're done, or ask me follow-up questions right there in the space. I, because I uh, know code myself will sometimes, you know, do a little inspect element and um, make the change myself to see what might need to happen. So instead of saying oh, nice. more padding here, I can be like add 50 pixels of padding here um, and give them the exact number. But that that's kind of our process really. He, he will then go through those and resolve it and then I'll check again, just to make sure that everything was implemented correctly and that I'm happy with it before it goes live. Um, Pretty simple little process but but that's how we do things how does that compare to you
1: um so the time i've been at uber i feel like every project i've worked on has had a different process oh interesting okay so does that mean that the
0: process is up to the engineers the team like who decides on the process
1: yeah it's kind of up to like me and the engineer of how we want to do it so in the past i've tried to use Oh my gosh, what is that tool? Now I can't remember because it's been so long since I used it. I think it starts with a Z. Zeppelin? Yes, thank you. I wanted to say Zapier, but I knew that wasn't it. <laughs> in the past, I've tried to use that. So I've tried to use Zeppelin, uh, but the engineers didn't really take to it. So I ditched that. And then I've also tried to do everything in Figma. I've tried to do it in Google Docs and spreadsheets. Uh, so like putting you know the individual tasks on a row and then like in the cells having like dropped down like started not started fixed and then like I would know what's fixed and can go, then go in and check nothing that I've worked has really stuck or really worked well uh, for this latest project me and the other designers so there's two, two designers two of us that have been working on this project together we started by doing everything in Figma so we put like the actual design, and then the screenshot. So we take screenshots as well, side by side. And then we'd write a list on the side. This is all in Figma, um, like a bullet point list of all the things that need to change. And we might sort of highlight things on the screenshots. And it was working okay, but not amazingly. Um, The engineers were looking at it, but then they weren't really marking anything as done. Right. And like when they had done some of it and we're ready for us to look again they weren't telling us what they'd changed so it was a bit of a like spot the difference game of like okay well which ones Mm -hmm. of these did you actually fix and which ones didn't you fix and so we were like this doesn't feel like it's working or it's not very streamlined so we actually just started in the last week so this is very fresh us as the designers using jira so like using the ticketing system that engineers use to actually do their work so That's been a bit of a learning process and it's been interesting so far.
0: (laughs) That makes sense though, because then you're like collating everything into one place, you know, a system. I've never used Jira myself, but uh, it's like creating a task, right? It's like Trello kind of, yeah, Yeah. similar. Yeah, interesting. And are you liking that? Like, how, How have you found it in comparison to the Figma method that you were using before?
1: Well, I found that the engineers like have adopted it like immediately. So that's definitely a positive. That is great. They're actually checking tasks off. They're leaving comments in the JIRA ticket about like, you know, what they couldn't change or what they did change or whatever. And so there's now like this conversation and this feedback happening. Whereas before, like that, that just wasn't happening at all. So it was really hard to know what's been done and what hasn't been done and like why things had not been done. So that's been really helpful. Yeah, now basically the engineers say, yeah, we've done another push to prod or whatever. Like we've done another update. Here's a link to the ticket of like all the things that we've done in this push. And so that's been a lot easier than before where it was like, that, that wasn't really being communicated. They were just like, we did an update, go have another look. And then I was like, what should I be looking at? So it's it's been it's been better. Right. Like in the projects you're working on, that must be
0: so like so annoying to go through every screen looking for the differences because it's not just
1: one page like what I'm QAing. Exactly. Yeah, with product design, it's like full on flows. It can yeah, it can be like up to thirty different screens. So and like all the different interactions is you know you probably have that with marketing sites as well. Uh, so there's a lot we do though. Like what sounds maybe different to ConvertKit, I think, or is that like because our projects are quite. Big, we break them up into like milestones i suppose so like we don't wait till the engineers have built the whole thing and then start looking at it so they're like okay we've completed this milestone like this this flow has been done we're going to start moving on to the next one but we already then start qaing that first flow while they're like right moving along so there's a lot of like back and forth QAing as opposed to like waiting until the very end and then them doing it all in one go like I would probably say that we've spent the last month in this sort of like back and forth QA process with the engineers so it's been a little while
0: yeah wow that is a little while yeah okay it sounds like I don't know even though we're using very different tools and very different processes and things it sounds like we are doing the same thing in that we need to be able to capture the changes that need to be made in a way that makes sense to the engineer, the developer, um, and then need to be able to have them uh, take action on it and show us when they've completed it and also have space to ask any questions or have a conversation about it too. And that like, I do all that in Envision, in Envision comments and like Corey Marks that it's resolved when the change has been made And that's my place for doing that. So we're both doing the same thing, really, just on different scales and in different tools.
1: (laughs) Yeah, different processes. Yeah. What have you found like has been painful as in in general, like as this part of this process? Because I definitely experience a few painful parts of this, like having to kind of spell out how many pixels should be between (laughs) elements when like to me I'm like it's so obvious to get that from the design like you just hold down alt and then you can see the (laughs) the pixels between elements but I find that sometimes I really have to like spell things out which can feel a bit tedious hmm I don't know if that's the case for me maybe
0: because I did used to code for our marketing site myself so Mm. I feel very comfortable Like being like, oh, this feels off. Let's bump it up to this, or changing the class or whatever. You know, I I know what classes we have, and so I can say, oh, this needs to be button large instead of button medium or whatever. Yeah. Thinking back on past, because I've I've been using the same QA process for like probably seven years. I want to say, wow, (laughs) girl. Yeah, it's not changed much because it's still working. You know, but it's what I my first web design job at zero. We'd take screenshots of the page, put it in Envision, leave comments for the developers, so I was doing the same thing. So that's obviously worked out well for me. You know, I would have changed it up by now if I didn't feel that process was working. Mm -hmm. I do remember, like, perhaps working with engineers who aren't don't have as good an eye for design as Corey does, there would be just, like, I don't know, an overwhelming number of changes to note, perhaps, let's say that, that I would get a design back and be like, is this literally what you think, like, does this look the same to you? Because it looks very different to me (laughs) when I would look at the design versus the build. Right now with Corey, it's it's always very little stuff because he has a good eye for design, so I'm very lucky there. But yeah, that used to be the major pain point for me was kind of there being so much to give feedback on that it felt kind of hard to maybe go into the level of detail that I needed to because there was just so much change that needed to happen. And um, I I guess sometimes, sometimes this still happens now that I'll give feedback and then he'll make all those changes. And then when I'm seeing those changes in place and like sort of the bigger stuff has been fixed, that's when I notice the smaller things, you know, and I need to go back and give that feedback again Mm, of stuff I missed the first time because I was focusing on the bigger issues and not the smaller stuff. Yeah, that's the, the main difficulty, I think, is stepping back enough to see the big picture but also zoom in and see the small details at the same time to check it all yeah yeah that that can be really difficult how about you what's what's been your frustrations
1: so i guess at the scale that we are <laughs> at, at uber and we have a very like robust design system Um, that sometimes the Figma components don't match the engineering implementation for whatever reason. Oh, interesting. Uh, So that sometimes can be a challenge when it comes to QA because we'll be like, oh, why is there this random divider here by like, above this button can we remove that divider like we don't need a divider above the cta (laughs) and they'll be like no we can't you know things like that where as a designer i'm like why is this here we don't need this can we remove it and it's really hard for our engineers to do because everything's tied back to this like one big system database so sometimes it ends up that we have to make compromises in this stage of the project uh, and just kind of live with the fact that like well we wanted this to be black but it's gonna be green because that's how the component has been built Um, so sometimes that can be a little bit annoying and a little bit frustrating because it doesn't exactly match the design
0: and i guess just about in there that you as the designer obviously are seeing it one way and so then when you get right the design back to review you're not sure if this is a mistake that the engineering team made exactly in this wrong color or if you know it's something that they can't help yeah that seems challenging
1: Right, yeah. I'm like, could you not see in the design that this was black? Or (laughs) like, obviously they see that. But yeah, we do have like documentation, I guess, like an internal website I can go to to see the actual build components and like how they work. But to be honest, Charlie, when I'm designing, I'm not going and looking at that. Like I'm just using the components that I have available to me in Figma and like going for it. I'm not going to like check that each component I'm using is like, matches up to the engineering implementation. Um, So that can be a little bit frustrating. I think that's just, you know, the scale that we have and the time it takes to do these things um, takes a lot of time. Um, I would say the other thing is when it comes to like visual stuff, like basic product and UX, like we always have those flows. They're always like well implemented. But when it comes to visualness, sometimes that gets not as much priority. So, you know, when we're coming close to a launch, like now we have only like two more days until we're launching. The engineers are like prioritizing that this product works. Like it works how it's supposed to. The underlying like UX is there. When you click on done, it actually is done, those kind of things. And so that sometimes means that like the visual design QA feedback doesn't get as much prioritized or maybe they fall into a fast follow. So we might launch with like, you know, maybe the... Heading should have been a slightly different text style, but hey, it's there. The product works. We're going to launch it, and then we can fast follow with the like with the UI tweaks. That can be a little bit frustrating as a designer, but it's also part of like you know compromises and working with an engineering team and having to sort of set priorities, which is something that we don't actually do in the QA process. I'm not sure about you. When you leave Corey comments, if you like prioritize them, ooh, good question. Yeah, we. Don't, but we've been thinking that maybe that's something we should start doing is actually prioritizing the QA tasks and the feedback so that like the most critical things are sort of given the most attention.
0: I think that I kind of do that, but it's more the other way around in that I make note of the things that aren't vital. Oh, interesting. Um, so it should be assumed that all changes need to be made unless I've said this needs to change to this, but um, it can have enough to launch if it needs to. That's how we'll do it. So it's very manual process. It's just me writing to the comment.
1: Yeah, but at, le- at least you have, yeah, you have that. Like we, we don't do anything. It's just like, here's a long ever running list. Um, and it's kind of up to the engineers to like, yeah, I don't know. I found that hard also because I've asked them before, like, oh, do you want me to like group certain tasks together? Like here's all the visual tweaks. Here's the like more UX problems. And they're like, no, we kind of prefer to like bundle tasks like on our own as we see fit and what makes most sense from an engineering perspective.
0: Right, that makes sense because of the code base and the,
1: yeah. Totally, yeah, I can understand that. Um, But yeah, it just means that like there is, it's very random. (laughs) Like the order of what gets done is very random when it comes back. Um, So yeah, I, I don't know. That's just something we've been talking about is like, how might we like better prioritize these or bundle these into like rollouts so that, you know, we can make sure that the most important things get done.
0: Yeah, I, I just thought of another place in which my process sometimes falls down, just came to me as you were speaking, I think, about components. So we don't have a like set component library for our marketing site mm. that matches to my Figma design system. Like all that isn't really set up at this stage because um, we're not using React on on our site, and I, which I know is like the main thing that people use to be componentized, I guess is the word, like that. <laughs> So where, where things can sometimes fall down is if I've had something in my design that I intended to just, like you know, let's say a testimonial quote. Mm-hmm. Um, I meant this quote to be like every other quote on the site. Like, you know, I just dropped it in from my component library um, in Figma. And then Corey goes and builds it and like builds it from scratch rather than copying right. the existing code. And like my design doesn't really match exactly with the site, and then we've got these different styles, and I'm like, ah, so I've learned to, when it is something that, or if I'm making a change, for example, to the way we normally do things, I'm saying, right, this is now italicized, and this is a change that can go out across all other quotes. So like, all of the other classes that relate to this, um, this can happen, it doesn't have to be just on this page. Um, Making note of that, Mm. or for example, um, I just redesigned our homepage and he's building it at the moment. And as part of that, I decided to redo our footer. And in it, there's like the lower half of the footer I kept the same as what exists right now. But I made sure to note in my handover to him, so I guess this is more of a handover than a QA thing, but um, I made sure to note this is not intended to change what's there now. Like any sort of differences you see in the design is purely a fault of me, like, you know, translating the design wrong. Oh, right. So, like, just making. Making a note that this shouldn't have to change. So I guess yeah, that's when my QA process is, is fallen down and I've like noticed things, you know, that have been built in a different way than I intended. It was usually
1: a fault of mine in the handover of not being clear enough there. Yeah, that's super interesting. We had a question actually from Kevin who asks if we take time to reflect on on our process and you know discuss after a project has finished how did it go what things should we do different next time do do you do this at ConvertKit this kind of retrospective of how things went we do
0: this for like marketing team-wide projects not necessarily just a design and dev of a new page right right right. Um, like we'll do it for a big promotion that we run we call it we do a pre-mortem and then we do a post-mortem where beforehand we're like talking through what we think the outcomes will be and like trying to anticipate any issues, that sort of thing. And then uh, after the project, reflecting back on it and what went well and what didn't go so well, what we would do different next time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I have done this once, like for specifically about the QA process a year or so ago when when I finished a big project. uh, I got the engineers in a room and I was like, okay, let's do a bit of a retro on how the QA process went. Or I guess not just the QA process, but like the whole like engineering design relationship specifically throughout the project. For that project, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, And that was really helpful. Um, I got everyone to write down stick on sticky notes so we did it um in person I think I think I drew like three big circles on a whiteboard like the good the bad and the okay or something like that um and so we categorized them and then put them into a spreadsheet to kind of like prioritize and figure out how we would make these changes going forward um but I think it's really interesting to to do that just focused on that eng design relationship we also do it as like a wider team so like the whole team how did this whole project go as a retro Um, but I think it is valuable to do just as a design eng sort of partnership reflection as well throughout a project to see like what you could maybe do differently or, or improve upon next time
0: yeah agreed completely we, I kind of, I guess we don't do this per project because our projects are a lot smaller than yours, so we'd be right. constantly reflecting yeah. on things. <laughs> fair enough, fair we, enough. If we did that, but we we sort of have a, um, at the end of last quarter, Corey and I had a chat and we we're like, okay, how are things going with us? You know, w- what are we enjoying about working together? What do we feel like needs to change? And that was really good to, also like I don't know, I just feel like ConvertKit culture encourages feedback in that way encourages constant feedback rather than waiting for a certain time to give it and I also feel like I'm much more able to admit when I've done something wrong nowadays too Mm. when I'll be like whoops sorry Corey I left out the hopper states (laughs) I'll try and do better next time like obviously you need to know that yeah so just sort of learning as we go and um I think this process works well the QA process when it's not just the way the designer wants to do it or just the way the engineer wants to do it but it's when you kind of figure it out together a way that works which is why it sounds like your JIRA system is working well
1: yeah because
0: you're kind of like meeting in the middle right
1: yeah totally I agree and I think I don't know I guess for me at Uber like almost every project I work with a new set of engineers where it sounds like, you know, you and Corey are pretty much hip to hip for yep. the whole time. Um, remotely. Yeah. <laughs> remotely, but you know, yeah, I guess that's just also another difference. Is, as I move throughout teams or navigate different projects. I could be working with different engineers and sometimes that means that like a whole new, <laughs> we have to develop a whole new Q- QA process or figure out together how, how we're going to do this. And at least for now with the engineers I'm working with, Jera works I think I like it enough to try that with my next project or my next group of engineers. So I'll see if I can carry that forward. I would agree that I think I think it works best when you can meet in the middle, for sure. If you can figure out what that is with your engineer, then hopefully you'll have a good process.
0: I also just want to touch on the fact that, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I'm being really picky and like a little bit anal in the QA process <laughs> when I'm pointing out things being one pixel off or whatever, like we joke about it all the time, you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think it matters, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, an architect designing a beautiful house and then building it with crappy materials is not what you'd want to do, right? You want to carry on the quality all the way through to the end and see your ideas brought to fruition. Um, as much as possible. Obviously, there's going to be some compromise in in the build of things you might not have realized before. but I don't know, I think it's worth being picky about this. And I feel like I learned that from Dan, who was my manager of the the marketing design team at zero when I started there. Um, and I'd see the way that he would interact with the developers because they would tell me like, oh no, that's not possible. And I'd be like, okay, never mind then. And then Dan would come in and be like, uh, this is possible. Come on, you're yeah, going to do yeah, it. Yeah. Like, you know, give them a little nudge, um, you know, be kind about it, but encourage them along. Sure. So yeah, just learning to, to push through the hard points and to fight for your ideas and to have your designs brought to life in a way that you're really proud of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's important to always try. We can't always win at it. It's not always possible, but I think it's our job as designers to uphold that level of quality, you know, and to, to try.
1: Totally. Yeah, I think it's a really nice note to end on um, and also like reminds me of the importance of compromise. I think when it yeah. comes <laughs> to working in teams and especially these parts of a project, um, just, you know, know that you might need to make some compromises and maybe that's OK for now. Not everything has to be perfect, although you can strive for it yeah cool well that feels like a good place to end on this episode uh charlie where can people go to listen to more episodes head to
0: designlife.fm that's our site find all our episodes there i also just want to give a shout out to the fact that um, we were guests on dribble's overtime podcast recently so that is true Let's put a link to that in our show notes as well. You can go and head over there and listen to that. Meg Lewis, who I'm a big fan of, interviewed us, which was really cool. We talked about side projects. So yeah, give it a listen.
1: Yes. And if you like that show or the show, please share it on Twitter if you can or Instagram. Uh, On Twitter, we are at designlifefm. We'd love to see your tweets and any topic suggestions that you might have for a future episode. Feel free to send them our way.
0: And if you are enjoying the show and you want to support us, monetarily speaking, uh, because this is an ad-free show, and so we would really appreciate your support if you're able, of course. I know a lot of people aren't right now, and just sharing is fine enough. But if you'd like, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash design life. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Thank you. I will talk to you in another episode, Charlie.
0: Yeah. See you next time. Bye. Bye.